peculiar time of the year when it's to know where you are and why you have been kidnapped. Well, the bridge of Sai. The guys who works here went psycho. Welcome to October by May. The short stories of Edward T. May. Presented by James Allen May. Hello, everyone. It has been a minute. A minute. One more minute of purification to his credit. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. You don't recognize that quote because it's from today's story, which you obviously haven't heard yet. Time has been confusing. Have you felt that? I can't figure out if it feels more like it's racing by or if it's at a complete standstill. Life altogether feels that way. There are things that definitely need to get done and figured out, but it seems like I'm stuck, waiting for other things to happen before I can make any moves or decisions. However, I am not literally stuck or trapped, unlike poor Greg Gerritsen. He is alone. Stranded on a rooftop, surrounded by roiling floodwaters, courtesy of Katrina. Hurricane Katrina, that is. While he waits for salvation, he has nothing to do but reflect inward, do some good old-fashioned soul-searching, just as long as he isn't too distracted by his neighbors. He preferred them before the hurricane, when they were always out of sight, but the flood brought them outside. At least he can't see their faces or bodies as they've been kind enough to stay inside their coffins. Final Purification Greg Gerritsen looked at his watch. 3.57, he sighed. <sighs> Only 3.57. <laughs> Welcome to Purgatory, where every minute lasts a day. Katrina had just waddled through town, none too gracefully. Despite her feminine name, Katrina had not acted very ladylike. No, not ladylike at all. Like some self-absorbed, overweight antebellum belle in bustle and hoop skirt. Her broad hips had brushed against buildings as she passed through the streets, shedding shingles and shredding trees. She was a murderess, too. All of this and more, before she finally lumbered out of town without a backward glance. She'd certainly made a mess of things, no doubt about that. There was no doubt at all about that. Greg had watched from his rooftop perch as the angry floodwaters from the broken levees swirled through the thoroughfares. The cars, normally masters of the streets, proved inadequate to the task of restoring order, looking nothing short of pathetic in their attempts to stem the tide. Soon, the cemetery across the street from Greg was inundated. Not long afterwards, coffins began popping up out of the foul waters like jack-in-the-boxes, and were soon lodged in the branches of a partially submerged live oak. Seemed like everyone was getting out of New Orleans, or at least trying to, including the dead. The dead. 
the souls of all souls day. made all saints a happy all saints day saints preserve us we got saints and sinners which I win the saints go, go marching in, in. or out or wherever surrounded by water stranded on a rooftop greg could do nothing but wait and thirst he'd thought to bring some bottled water up to the roof with him a case just in case he'd planned that far ahead done that much. But now, only one bottle remained. Just one bottle of pure, sweet water. He'd heard of people in desperate situations, being stranded at sea and whatnot, surviving on their own liquid waste. So, he'd taken a filling the empties with urine. Of course, he'd also heard drinking urine in such situations was counterproductive. <laughs> Who to believe? Urine. Urine trouble. Oh, urine trouble. Greg looked around. It was difficult to see anything in the darkness, but he could tell the coffins were still held in the clutches of the live oak, though they bobbed restlessly like fishing corks in the fetid water. He eyed them warily, desperately hoping the live oak would remain a steadfast guardian and keep the coffins at bay. He loved that oak. Blessed that oak. Thanked God for that oak. It kept the corpses a comfortable distance from his island of exile. Island of Exile. Island. Devil's Island. Yeah, the devil of a time. You're the devil in the sky. Devil maker. The devil's in the details, Bev. Devil take the hindmost. In between. I'm between the, the devil and the deep blue sea. Or the devil in the filthy floodwaters, or wherever. Greg wasn't exactly necrophobic. But he was so close to that condition, the difference wasn't worth considering. Why he feared the dead, dreaded them actually, he didn't know. For him, any type of phobia was an enigma. How did they originate? Why weren't they universally applied? Why wasn't everyone afraid of snakes, for example, or heights? Of course, nothing got a person's attention like fear. Maybe that was the answer. Maybe phobias were really nothing more than a simple method of focusing an individual's attention. Maybe they were prompting people to reflect on past actions, to examine the conscience, and uproot the undesirable things growing there. All those thoughts brought him right back around to his own phobia, and he was forced to ask himself if what he felt was actually fear, or something else entirely. Something he was misinterpreting as fear. He glanced at the coffins, fidgety ink blots on the restless water. Water. I've met my Waterloo. Water, water, everywhere. May any drop to drink. It's water over the dam or under the bridge. Or through the broken levee. Or wherever. A gunshot rippled across the flooded cityscape. <laughs> Almost everyone's trying to leave. Greg corrected his earlier thoughts on the matter. The looters seem happy enough to stick around and finish what Katrina started. Weary through and through, Greg eased his body down on the hard, damp roof. The only thing to be said in its favor was the fact it was flat. That, and it was relatively clean. No muck and mud, not yet anyway. Muck. Run the muck in the muck. Mud. Too muddy the water. Here's mud in your eye. Baby, 
Greg closed his eyes, hoping he'd be lucky enough to snatch a few hours of sleep. Sleep. To sleep. To sleep, a chance to dream. I sleep like a log. Let sleeping dogs lie. Sleep is the brother of death. Sleep he did, but it was not a restful sleep, and certainly not populated by sweet dreams. Nightmares came calling. The coffins in the live oak underwent a transformation. Greg watched intently as they formed arms, legs, and heads. They stretched in one direction, then another, growing thinner after each maneuver until they became nearly transparent. Eventually, they evolved into souls. Tormented souls. Tattered souls. Hold souls. As substantial as wisps of smoke. Stuck in the branches of the live oak, struggling feebly to gain their freedom, swaying to and fro in the wind like so many abandoned kites. They cried in their torment, moaned, asked for pity. Greg woke in a sweat and reached for his last bottle of water, only to find he'd already consumed it without remembering the act. The water had been replaced with a dark yellow fluid. Urine. Urine for water. Yearn for water. 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 Watery eyes. Watery grave. Grave. Grave situation. Grave concern. Silent as the grave. I've got one foot in the grave. Grave an image. Like somebody just walked over your grave. Stop it! Stop it! Greg licked his lips and wondered how long it would be before the filthy water would begin to appeal to him. At the beginning of his confinement, he couldn't imagine himself doing it, drinking the water, that is. He told himself more than once that he'd sooner die than drink the tainted water encircling his refuge. But now, a mental picture was forming. He could see himself, pushed beyond his limits, leaning over the roof and gulping the chemical and feces-laden witch's brew that kept him a prisoner. The image didn't disturb him, and that disturbed him. He looked at his watch and noted it was 5.31. That meant one hour and 38 minutes until it was all over, so it could begin again. Less one minute, of course. And when it was all said and done, He'd have another minute of purification to his credit. Another deposit in the first bank of redemption, in the savings and loan of life, or afterlife, or whatever. He wondered if it was sacrilegious to think such thoughts. He thought not, hoped not. Nevertheless, he quit thinking such thoughts just the same. Somewhere in the overwhelming darkness, a woman screamed. Right on cue... How? Greg muttered through clenched teeth. How can I help? What can I do? All I have are bottles full of urine. I don't even know where you are. Even if I did, how would I get to you? The floodwaters seemed infinite in the darkness. There was no beginning, no ending, no horizon, no boundaries. 
It seemed only his rooftop island and the live oak with its macabre ornaments served to define something that wouldn't otherwise exist. How would I get across? Cross. Cross your fingers. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. To cross the Rubicon. Cross to there. Bear the brunt. Bear the burden and the heat of the day. Bear of bad news, but... Greg paced along the edge of the roof. He didn't mind the thirst, the discomfort, the suffering. Well, actually he did mind them. But at least he knew the suffering was part of the plan, part of the purification process, part of the method of refinement. It was expected, necessary. He could accept that. But why was he where he was? He reasoned that the suffering shouldn't be the sole element in the drama. There should be some more educative purpose as well. It shouldn't be just a study in misery. He should be able to learn from it and make amends. What can I do? He wondered aloud. What am I supposed to do? What didn't I do in the first place? What sin of omission? Greg stopped pacing. Perhaps he should at least determine what the woman's problem was. He hadn't done that before. He hadn't done it any of the other times. Maybe that was why he was here. He hadn't shown any compassion. Hadn't even tried to help. Had made no attempt whatsoever. He turned and shouted across the void to where he thought the woman's voice had come from. What's wrong? How can I help? Tell me what I can do. What's wrong with your baby? Baby. Smell your baby, baby fat. fat. Cry, baby. Don't pull the baby out with the bathwater. I'm just a baby, baby in the woods. No answer came from the watery expanse. A fire sprang up somewhere in the city. Greg watched the orange blossom as it bloomed in the darkness. You've got to be kidding me. The city's underwater. How can anything catch on fire? He asked facetiously. The coffins rocked on an invisible current. Greg tried to ignore them. On top of everything else, all his troubles, he had to share the neighborhood with rotting corpses. What next? But at least the corpses were in coffins, and the coffins were in plain sight where he could keep an eye on them, much preferable to the unboxed variety of cadaver floating unseen in the water around him. Still, I wish they'd sink, just sink out of sight. Out of sight. Time out of mind. Time out of mind. Time out of mind. Or mind out of time. Or whatever. He looked at his watch. Eleven minutes past six. That meant less than an hour. He heard an outboard motor somewhere off to his right. Hey! There's a mother and her baby need some help over here somewhere! Hey! He knew the effort was hopeless even before the sound of the motor faded. But the time had come to try everything he could think of. Yes, indeed. It was time. These are the times that try men's souls. Stands the test of time. From time immemorial. Time and time again. The time of your life. The time is ripe. The time is out of joint. Time to kill. Time flies when you're Time and tide wait for no man. Or time and filthy floodwaters wait for no man. Or whatever. 
Heaven help us, he sighed. Heaven. And a heaven in a wild flower. Heaven on earth. Between heaven and hell. Hell on earth. Hell to be. Hell and back. Hell forever. Hell hath no fury. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Greg sat and considered the situation as the minutes dawdled. Wasn't that a strange thought? Time, taking its sweet time. Between heaven and hell, he whispered. That's where I'm at. That's where we're at. Greg turned toward the coffins. It was right there in front of me the whole time. My own phobia was my clue. That's what was keeping me here, my fear. It was there and I, I couldn't see it, wouldn't see it. Who is blinder than he that will not see? It was the souls in purgatory, the tattered souls hanging in the oak, the hold souls wanting to become whole souls, wanting to become holy souls. That's what I was supposed to do, didn't do, can do. That's my sin of omission. That's what I have to do to become holy, holy. Greg felt the familiar tightness in his chest, the numbness in his left arm, and knew it was time. Time once again to die. And die he did, at exactly nine minutes after seven. He offered no grand exit, no pirouette followed by noisy splash, no dramatic gasping and floundering, just a so-so demise, a sea-average ending as his body slid noiselessly into the water and became an integral part of what had disgusted him only moments before. Greg Gerritsen looked at his watch. 3.58, he noted. He knelt and said a prayer for all the souls in purgatory, himself included. I'm sure many of us can relate to Greg. Well, not literally. He is in actual purgatory, the metaphysical realm of final purification. But I'm sure the past year has at least felt like purgatory to some degree. Well, friends, just remember, purgatory is a transitional space, not somewhere to be inhabited permanently. Till next time. Time. These are the times that try men's souls. Stands the test of time. From time immemorial. Time and time again. Once again, I'm James Allen May, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of October by May. October by May is a bi-weekly podcast with new episodes every other Tuesday. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single sojourn into October. Please leave us a rating and review, as well as any comments or replies that you may have for us. Also visit us at OctoberByMay.com for more info, as well as links to the books by Edward T. May. Final Purification by Edward T. May Recitation and Audio Design 
by James Allen May. Theme by Hassan Nazari Rabadi. Cracking Oak Tree Sound, provided by Clankbield at freesound.org. That's K-L-A-N-K-B-E-E-L-D at freesound.org.